Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. Happy Friday, yes. May 21st. Happy Friday, and happy kid graduated from first grade, and she was so excited. Can you believe it? No, I can't. Although, I may be in the history of first grades, the longest first grade run ever between virtual, you know, we're on, we're off, we're live, we're not live. But know, she made crazy. it. It was really nice to, that they had her go back for, what was it, 10 days? 10 days, two Yeah, weeks. but still, you know, she actually experienced yeah. what it felt like to, you know, go from one level yeah, in school to the next. Transition. It was pretty cool. And she was so happy. Yeah. And we took her to Krispy Kremes to celebrate. <laughs> Super happy. <laughs> so after the podcast, we'll have a fully sugared child to deal with. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, so for all of you who are experiencing graduations in your lives as well, um, celebrate, try to be present uh, for all the uh, ongoing festivities. It's a magical time, especially for kids in high school and younger, obviously. And I'm sure all of you, for the most part, reflect back upon those days as, um, you know, with all the potential that you were looking forward to in your life. And, you know, here's the thing. Julie and I were uh, thinking about what we could uh, help all of you with in terms of uh, maybe some mindset things. Because this time of year, and frankly, especially what's what's going on in the world, they, it, it is very difficult. And by the way, what's going on in the world is an omnipresent thing, right? There will always be things that are uh, going to adversely affect your mindset. But we know that a lot of you are feeling... Um, a lot of pressure, and that's normal this time of year. So let's just start out with that. It's completely and totally normal to feel like you're getting pulled in a thousand different directions. Um, and uh, you don't have to necessarily figure out how to decipher all of it or figure it all out. You just have to learn how to uh, sift and sort and realize where your best opportunities are. Um, but that isn't what today's show is about. What today's show is about is how to feel motivated when you're not feeling motivated. Because emotionally, with all the things going on in your business and your personal life and all the other things, it's very easy. Uh, to uh, lose all your motivation. And then you're just sort of um, operating a little bit on uh, hopes and uh, prayers and uh, caffeine. Sure. That's right. <laughs> right. I know. And you know, what's interesting is sometimes the you can lose your motivation, not because something went wrong and you got off track, but in fact, because so many things went right. That's right. You know, and then we have so many clients that are having record years. They've had a great start. They've had a great, uh, it's turning out to be a great second quarter. They've got more pending deals than they've ever had. You know, it's fast and furious out there. And sometimes it's because you actually do have money in the bank and you can breathe. And, you know, maybe that weekend you took off turns into a week. And then after two weeks, you feel off track. And then all of a sudden you're a month behind. So Julie's touching on something that's very interesting. Everyone uh, has a, a glass ceiling in which once they hit it, they won't allow themselves to surpass that. And um, it's usually when people have financial security for two or three months. That's been my observation. Yeah. So when people have financial security for two or three months, maybe it's through closings or actual cash savings, they have a tendency to stop doing lead follow-up. Mm. <laughs> they have a tendency to actually uh, stop doing the things that got them to the position where they had some financial abundance. And uh, that's a mistake because what happens then is you lose that sense of financial security and you go back into that uh, sort of feast or famine mentality. And then you're, uh, you haven't made any forward progress. So when Julie and I coined 
coined the phrase, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's an easy thing to say, but it's a hard thing to do. Um, a hard thing to do in that you, it is a habit. You go, you do force yourself to do it sometimes. Even if you find yourself forced, if you, even if you find yourself being forced or forcing yourself to do what you uh, don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, uh, because of the fact you're lacking a lot of uh, real inner drive or motivation, um, that's the that's sort of the secret sauce. When you can do something when you really truly don't feel like doing it, and you can do it at a really high level, that's when you've actually passed from one level of um, I, I mean, as a business owner, just everything else in life to the next. It's one thing to like what most people do is they'll get to a point where they just don't feel like doing it and they won't do it, whatever it is, right? And then it's another thing to even push past that. You don't feel like going to the gym, let's say, but you do it anyway. But when you go to the gym, you spend all your time talking. And then the person that's really operating on the highest level, that's somebody that doesn't want to do it, uh, forces themselves to you know go do whatever the activity is. And while they're doing it, they actually do it at a high level as if they were motivated. Because here's the secret sauce to all of this. When you actually do that, you change your brain's wiring. You change your brain from somebody who just does things when they feel a certain way to somebody who does something, does do, you know, basically you go and do the hard things even when you don't feel like doing them and you actually have success from doing them. When you've actually trained yourself to move past your natural preconception to only, you know, work at a high level when you feel like it or like work period when you feel like it, once you've pushed past that, then you realize your untapped potential. That's right. And, you know, you stop having your emotions run the show. Right. And I think that that's really what you're talking about is uh, business maturity. And I mean, I, w I was thinking, you know, what other humans operate based on how they feel today? It's like you can get away with that when you're a kid till you start to go to school and then you have to follow the rules a little bit. And then for a while in elementary school, it's easier because when the bell rings, you know that you've got to change from English to science class and you get into the routine and you just do it how somehow we get away from that as adults and i think it's uh, my suspicion is that it's kind of like an underlying craving for the freedom that we had as a kid because we don't want to be told what to do even if we're the ones telling ourselves to do something it's almost like an inner rebellion but there are ways around that simply you know or maybe not so simply doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the high level and but having the discipline to actually do it well so that's the juxtaposition <laughs> to what most agents and frankly every you know humanity is a uh, um, telling people. It's like you follow your passion and the money will follow. Well, that's pretty much uh, not true because the problem is a passion, the feeling of passion is a fleeting emotion. And if you're just essentially only operating at a high level when you're following your passion, you're not going to be operating a higher high level very uh, often. That's the reason you really do have to adopt the mantra and really adopt the lifestyle of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You get better results. You, you do. You, you more consistent. Well, I use the example of working out, right? So you do it virtually every day, of course, you're going to get better results than doing it when you feel like it, which is virtually never. So in real estate, that translates to cash spurts versus cash flow. Cash flow is the result of actually doing what you don't want to do consistently. Well, give them a real basic example, lead follow-up, right? Sure. So when you are desperate and you need deals, you are the best lead follow-upper ever, right? <laughs> exactly. When you need money, when you're when you're feeling a little bit under pressure or a lot under pressure, that's when you actually do your lead follow-up. Now, what if you actually did lead follow-up at that level all the time, even when you were flush with cash and closing? That's called furiously fast lead follow-up, which we mention one way or another on virtually every 
every podcast. <laughs> well, so what if you did furiously fast lead follow up every single day, no matter what your financial situation is? I'll tell you what would happen. You'd make a hell of a lot more money helping a hell of a lot more people consistently. Consistently, and then you would essentially start accumulating, uh, you know, a lot of profit. And with that profit, you then would reinvest it, and you could become rich. Where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. But how do most people operate? They go to the gym when they gain twenty pounds. That's right. Right. They only and they work-, work out really hard for like a day and a half. Then they're sore, and then it's hard. So it's even harder to get back in the saddle. And I, the one, the folks that I always find is interesting are the people that join our coaching program. We show them how to be proactively generators, mm-hmm. and they start being proactively generators, and they do it for sixty days or whatever, ninety days. And, and guess what? They take it listings. Works. Yes. You know, they take listings, and they're making all this money, and then they stop. Mm-hmm. And so they got, they essentially built all this positive momentum, and they just stopped. And then, uh, you know, for, they'll close their deals, they work their deals, they'll over celebrate their successes. Two or three more months of, you know, essentially a famine will, you know, will pass. They'll burn through mm-hmm. all their savings. And then, you know, six months from when they started, they're actually deciding to recommit again. That's right. And they're doing it all over again. That up and down, the up and down and and, finance, and finances and levels of motivation cause you to actually never get anywhere. You stay constantly in a state of uh, a replay. Uh, yeah. That's it. It's feast and famine. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of money. You don't have a lot of money. You have a lot of money. You don't. And then you get emotionally burned out. And as a result of that, you you lose confidence in your ability to actually have a real uh, business. That's right. And that actually happens in a multitude of levels. The most obvious one is the newer agent that gets a couple deals in contract feels like they gets figured out. Then they figure out how to close them. And the next month they've got nothing. That's the obvious example. But we've had coaching clients before that get into this, and these are grizzled veterans. I mean, I've got a coaching client right now that has 115 pendings. That's a lot of deals. First name? Lance. Oh, of course. Okay, 115 <laughs> pendings. Yeah. Now, they're running a big operation, obviously. Yeah. But it can happen at that level, too, where there's a big influx of something, and then we're managing it, and then, oh, God, I need to take a break. The key is, to, it's okay to take a break now and then. But put a limit to it so that your, you know, long weekend doesn't turn into being in a rut. And, right. you know, let's talk about that. That's what our points are about right. today. So what, what we to wa- do about it when it does happen. Right. So what we want to do is we want to give you some uh, mindset motivation points here. And with those, we're hoping you can move towards the idea that what you want is on the other side of, you know, essentially the, the whole quote is basically, if you want never-ending uh, increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, I'm going to say it for like the 10th time today because it's that important. Um, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And so let's say you're saying, okay, intellectually, you understand what Tim and Julia are saying is correct here. Now what? Well, we're going to tell you, we're going to give you a little bit of a caffeine shot here with some of these uh, 14 points that we wrote down. And the idea here is that if you think you're in some sort of uh, deep emotional hole, we're going to give you the pieces and the parts to base and the ideas and the concepts and, and tell you actually what to do to pull yourself out and keep yourself out. So save these points and save this podcast so that when you are ever feeling like that again, and it normally happens when you are at this time of year, frankly, it normally happens when you're really, really busy, when you all, you have these constant battling thoughts in your head, whether or not you're doing things right, or whether you're spending enough time with your family, you're spending enough time in your clients and all these types of things. And then you lose uh, motivation. And so what we're going to do, what we're going to do over the next probably few podcasts is we're going to refortify your motivation. Indeed. So mindset check first. Here's a simple reminder. I use this on coaching calls a lot. When you say to yourself, especially repeatedly, I'm overwhelmed. I just feel so off. I'm overwhelmed. Well, are you overwhelmed or are you just surrounded by lots of opportunity? 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a hard reset. Well, you're feeling that way because you're surrounded in opportunity. But Let's have some gratitude. Can we hover there for a second? Sure. Because I touched on this a second ago, and I feel like I'm being a bad coach by not really drilling mm-hmm. down on this. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do, when, like I was on a, a call this morning, um, and uh, the gal was uh, telling me that she is really, really busy, and she's worried about forming a team, and she wants to hire this and hire the other thing. And she was really good sole practitioner with some uh, uh, contract TCs, contract transaction coordinators. Mm-hmm. And yet she was putting all her pressure on herself to do, to form this team and all the rest of it. Right. And then I gave her the ba- basic mathematics of it. I said, do you realize that with what you're earning per year right now, she's earning like $350,000 a year. And from that, she's keeping, after all of her expenses, she's keeping like $325,000 a year or something, right? She's keeping like 90%. It's, it's like high 80s, like 87%. And I said, so do you realize that the amount of money that you're earning now, that you're actually saving per year now, would be the equivalent is if you had a team that was generating probably real realistically $2 million, maybe even $2.5 million in total gross commission. So her profit from her being a sole practitioner with one TC was basically the same as if someone had taken all the taken on all the liability, all the fixed expense, all the stress, and had generated say two and a half million in commissions. We're talking about commissions here, dollar uh, uh, guys, dollars, not uh, transaction volume, right? So that is how screwed up it is with a lot of these team thoughts. So what I told her to do, and I suggested that she does, is opposed to worrying about and feeling socially pressured from you know all the real estate gurus to tell her to do a bunch of dumb business things, not for the sake of, just for the sake of basically ego and not for the sake of making profit. And so what I suggested that she does instead is she starts becoming a really good pre-qualifier. And that's where this goes down to. So if you find yourself being pulled in a million different directions, you need to start with adding better filters so that you're not working with unmotivated people. And that is absolutely the first thing all of you need to do. And a lot of the buyers out there are the ones that are going to basically wear you into the ground. And so the suggestion I gave for her, because she's taking some listings and she's busy and she can't work with the buyers, I told her to pre-qualify everyone herself. That's not a big deal. And if they have a house to sell, she lists the house and she considers working with them directly. And if they don't, then she takes that uh, buyer and she refers it out to a local agent for a 25 or 30% referral fee, to which she said to me, well, I won't have the long-term relationship with that client. And who knows what the upleg from that relationship would have been. And I pointed out to her that considering that something like, you know, 80% of all the agents in the business now won't be in the business in two to four years or something. I told her to go ahead and adopt that client. She refers the buyer out to another independent agent. Okay. That independent agent puts that buyer in contract close to the transaction, pays a referral fee. And I said, so what's wrong with you adopting that client? You just adding that client to your center of influence and past client list because it's highly likely that the agent you referred that deal out to won't be in the business by the time that seller comes back around to want to list their house. And even if they are, that's very unlikely that they would bother to follow up with that person. Exactly. So you don't lose anything by referring the business out. You gain because you get your time back to focus more on the things that are most important. For example, becoming a powerful listing agent. Indeed. So that would be one cure, wouldn't it? Is You know, I think what you walked us through there was, you know, having the thoughts that kind of bog you down. I've got to be doing this and how am I going to do that? And and it's easy to get stuck in your own, you call it the echo chamber of thought, right? Having the same thoughts over and over. Can I drill down even more? Yeah. So she was a Keller Williams agent. And at Keller Williams, basically, when someone becomes reasonably successful, they start getting the full court press to start adding staff and building a team. 
And no one ever actually stops. Well, there are some great Keller Williams people actually I've talked to that know the fallacy of forming a team. They know that if, like I've sat down with some of the biggest, uh, I remember there was this guy in Austin that I think we actually interviewed him for the podcast. He ran the largest Keller Williams office, if I remember correctly. And he was like the boss there. And he would sit down with these people that were getting all this outward pressure to form teams. And he would do a, a, he would show them actual numbers, like what I just rattled off. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what these people had were just completely blown away with from the fact that why didn't all these other people that were trying to sell them into doing a team tell them the truth about the profit? Yeah. You guys have to keep true to your own North Stars. And if you're not really um, if you're not really resolute on what your ultimate goal is, your potential is going to be absorbed by somebody else who's going to sell you into what you know they think your potential should be for their own benefit. And by that I mean quite literally. You're going to get pressured to do things that are not going to be in your own financial best interest. And you have to be omnipresent or aware of that. Um, and so that's one of the reasons, and we're touching on this in this case, an example that I just gave you with this gal. She was feeling all this pressure, um, be not because she had too many transactions necessarily, but because she had too much pressure to do things that weren't in her best interest. And maybe even intuitively, she knew it wasn't. And I think when I told her the truth about all these things that she was th being pressured to do, she actually had a great sense of relief. I would agree with that. So that's good coaching. All right. So our first official point, and then we'll probably wrap after this one. This will be a multiple uh, podcast series. Okay. And you might guess, and yes, I think that was Thunder, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, Media-free mornings. We talk about this. We've done entire podcasts about it. But one of the ways to, to change your pattern and get out of your being stuck or your rut or feeling overwhelmed is to make sure that you are actually following what you hear us say so many times. Follow a media-free morning, if not a media-free life. It's not a skip-over point, right? Because, yeah. again, yeah. we have to remind ourselves, Julie, this is the number one listened-to daily podcast probably in the world for real yes. estate agents, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that are discovering us for the first time, and especially. Maybe they haven't heard it a million and times. And they haven't heard it a million That's times. True. And so we can't ever assume that. And Good even point. if they have heard it a million times. Doesn't mean they're doing it. Doesn't mean they're doing it. Yeah. And this is what we mean by media-free. You guys have to assume that the people that are providing for you any kind of media are incredibly good at manipulating uh, your fear, uh, your inner fear. They know how exactly what to say, how to say it, what colors, what fonts, everything to make you feel in, in fear mode. And they want you to feel in fear mode because when you're in fear mode, you're easily controlled. I know that sounds like a conspiracy theorist kind of type thing, but the reality of it is, is what I just said is true. News is not news anymore. It's all propaganda. It's all garbage. It's all crap. And that includes social media for the most part. Because when you're reading social media posts, you're reading something that somebody is probably reposting that was probably literally propaganda from some other source, but they weren't, I don't know what you want to use as far as a word, they weren't selective enough in, in uh, filtering who they listen to. And so they then pro pass that propaganda around. And then the next thing you know, people are believing all kinds of crap. And you guys have to be super careful. And frankly, you can't be careful enough when it comes to media. It's all absolutely absolutely not in your own best interest whatsoever. So you should consider doing what we do. And we have TVs uh, in our, uh, everyone has a TV in their bedroom in our house, uh, but they're all disconnected. Well, because <laughs> the house came with them. Right. The house came with them, but they're all disconnected. Zoe's TV doesn't work. The other TVs don't work. We do not have active TVs in our house because we do not want that crap in our house. We do not want all, all these competing thoughts. We do not want uh, values that are not in alignment with our values. We do not want any of that outside influence on anybody in our house. So we absolutely purge all forms of media. We don't read newspapers. We don't, I mean, what is a newspaper anymore, right? I mean, some of you don't even know what they are. 
I will glance at Google News headlines. I do have alerts set up for Google Alerts, and I put in keywords of things that are specifically important, and I'll maybe glance at the titles of the articles. We do not go down rabbit holes. We do not spend time on conspiracy theories. We do not spend time on Facebook. We do not spend time on anybody that's trying to emotionally manipulate us in one way or the other. And you'll notice that the podcast series we just finished that was about why the housing market is not about to crash we had a lot of stats and figures and facts, okay? And those came from reputable sources that we've known for years, places like CoreLogic and NAR. You know, I'm looking for numbers. I'm not looking for opinion. Right. Oh, I mean, it's just such a ridiculous thing, right? When you sure. and I were trying to, uh, when we were writing uh, content for that, specifically looking for stats, mm-hmm. it is shocking to me. Like, mm-hmm. this is the stupidest thing ever, right? <laughs> right. They're arguing. It, so inflation, you guys notice that everything's politicized, right? Everything. So So now it's like a political thing. So I'll give you guys a little window into the future here. So if you believe that inflation is coming, you're somehow, that's a political statement. And I know that sounds insane, insane, but it truly is. Even though you're paying more for everything, you know, you go and you buy your eggs and they're 20 cents more egg. It's a fact. It's a fact, right? There's no question. But for you to say, for you to believe and for you to tell other people that there's inflation coming is a political statement. And I'll tell you, it's a political statement against Democrats because they're right now running um, the, uh, you know, the country. But the reality of it is inflation really isn't their fault either. You, you know, it's a political statement just to say the inflation's coming in because Joe Biden's president. That's a bunch of crap. Inflation's been heading. You see the difference, right? Right. Here's news. There's inflation happening. Okay. Yeah. Here's not news. The The world is full of inflation because of the Biden administration. Or blah, the, blah, blah. Or the world's full of inflation because of the Trump administration. Right. It's all garbage. That's the that's the opinion attached to the fact. Right. So right. that's what we're saying is like, you know, inflation's true. You're seeing it. You're feeling it. Right. And so it's become political. And so how is it that, it, you know, when you don't, when you aren't operating off facts and figures and you're just consuming content as it's being fed to you. Like you trust CNN. CNN's where you get all your news. And even as I say this, you are on edge because you're ready for me to say something snide about CNN, which I'm not going to do. But the point is, is if you're consuming all of your media from one particular media source, you are completely being manipulated. And it it could be Fox News. It could be something online. It could be podcasters with the exception of this one. (laughs) Because we do try to translate and run the filter through and right. give you the actual facts. But how are you being manipulated? Lots of different ways. It's what you think. It's what you believe. It's what you buy. Okay. It's your opinions on maybe you walk into a listing appointment and you see what what you've been programmed to think an opposing view. Well, now that appointment's just gotten weird for you versus being immune to all of that and doing your job. I'll give an example. Sure. Uh, and Gary Z, yes. who I'm not going to say his last name, mm-hmm. though I may have just said something. Anyway. You. Yeah, I should have just said Gary. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's in California. Yep. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. I, I coached him on and off for Been years. He, he's part of our EXP group. I genuinely like him. He's yes. actually a sweetheart of a yeah. guy. So he's got a great family, you know, um, whole thing. And when I'm coaching Gary, I can tell mm-hmm. when he is hanging out on certain Facebook groups yeah. and he starts becoming um, a little bit too extreme in his views mm-hmm. and he'll all of a sudden show up to pod he'll show to podcasts to coaching calls mm-hmm. and he won't have done anything and he won't have any motivation yeah. and he'll be a little bit paranoid and he'll start talking to me about you know buying more ar-14s or whatever <laughs> i mean he goes a little and he is you know the whole thing yeah but you know him and you can sniff it out and you see the early warning signs yeah I, but julie it's even more than i can hear hole. it in his voice yeah i can hear it, he talks slower sure. 
You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's like he's, he's busily writing his treatise when he's not on the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it, it, but here's what ultimately the output is. It kills his motivation. He starts yes. to make himself broke. So when he feels like that, here's, here's the thing ultimately you got to remember about fear. When you think tomorrow is not going to be better than today, if you believe tomorrow is going to be worse than today, you're not going to do anything today. To, you're not certain, sure as hell aren't going to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Right? And you're going to search out confirmation bias that your belief that tomorrow is going to suck is true. And you'll find it too. Sure. Right. And if you got, you guys, there's so many cool things you can use. Um, I mean, I think it's cool. When you go to like Google has, I think it's Google Zeitgeist. I don't remember all the different, I have them all bookmarked. But you can go and actually see what the most common search terms are in a particular region, in a particular state, in a particular, uh, you know, under a particular topic. And you can actually tell what exactly is going, what is going on in human minds all over the world. And you can see the influence of negative, uh, negative media. You really sure. can't. And it is, is prolific. And, and so I always, when, I, when I'm feeling even a slightest bit doubtful mm -hmm. about tomorrow, here's what I tell myself. Um, I say everything tomorrow is going to be better. Yeah. There's no aspect of, of, of our business, our lives. There's no mm -hmm. aspect that's not going to be better. Now, how many of you are thinking, oh, that can't be true? Why the hell not? Sure. You know, what? control of your own destiny. Right. Why can't everything tomorrow be better than today? Why can't it be? Because you think it won't, then it, guess what? You're not going to do anything that's going to you're going to do everything in your power to make your thoughts reality and if you think it won't that means you're going to do very little to actually counter that right but if but if you think that you can have a better life going forward if you if you cut the media out if you allow yourself to stop being influenced by people that want you to be easily controlled and manipulated because when you're fearful right think about this guys when you're fearful your natural inclination is to start tribing up and that's what the media does you will start, you'll, uh, that's exactly what happens. P the natural lizard brain wants all of us to all of a sudden, when we feel fear, we don't feel like, you know, again, what do we do? We start, you know, hoarding mentally and emotionally, right? We start gathering our resources. We start building our walls. We certainly well, and don't. And you stop being productive. Yes, exactly. Basically. And I mean, I, it reminds me yeah. of, um, you know, in Mission, I think it's Mission Impossible, where he's walking through like a busy airport or something. And he looks at his screen and it scans his eyes and it knows who he is. And then it starts flashing ads Ma at him. Because minority Report. Minority Report. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, that happens to us without knowing it, too, because don't ads follow you around online? Yeah. Right? Just because you happen to have curiosity about whatever, now it thinks that that's going to be your thing and it starts to haunt you. Well, that's the reason a lot of people use VPNs and whatnot, too, yeah. when they're doing searches because their web activity can't be tracked. It's not because people are overly paranoid, but they just essentially want to have some, you know, they want to leave have some level of uh, control. You know, control of their yeah. own inputs. But, guys, look, I... I'm sorry to tell you, and this is true even if you have the strongest of mindsets, and this is, we have, you know, 13 points after this. If you're not feeling motivated, if you're feeling a little bit depressed even, if you're not confident that tomorrow is going to be better than today, because guess what, guys? Pretty much for the history of all humanity, tomorrow is better than today. And I want you to think about this. If you go back 10 years, if you go back 100 years, 1,000 years, I promise you today is a hell of a lot better than then. Absolutely. Okay? Now, maybe not everything. But pretty much everything. Well, how about 2021 versus 2020? <laughs> a right. little bit better, let's just say. Well, I mean, how long did yeah. people live? How, how long do you have to go back to the average lifespan was maybe, you know, 20 or 30% less? Not that Not long. Not that long. Right. I was just reading about that somewhere. Isn't that fascinating? It was like, uh, I don't know, in the 20s, I think your average lifespan was only like 58 or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's incredible. So, and, yes, today is better. And people will say, well, it's because people had crappier, you know, more physical. Yeah, all that. You're going to wear, you know, who knows what. But really, it's because of medicine. Medical care. vitamins and things. Yeah, we but, know to exercise. But think about that. I mean, and then you look at just every single aspect of being human gets mm-hmm. better as time passes. That's right. And yet, people are being manipulated to believe that tomorrow is going to be worse than today. Yeah. And it's people that are, oh my gosh, if you don't do this, if we don't spend a whole bunch of money on this as a country, if we don't, you know, whatever, and all this, these bad things are going to happen. I want to hear a politician actually say, we want to start doing this because this will be better. Not because if we don't do it, the world's going to come to an end. You see how they do that? They manipulate you out of fear. And then some, some people just like go along. Oh, I'll give you an example. It's a personal one. Okay. So I'm a car nerd. I love cars. Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I've been a car enthusiast my entire life. I got it from my dad. Mm-hmm. I used to dry, dry, you know, draw cars. Know. When the I was only a time kid. the TVs come on is when Formula One is playing. That's exactly yeah, it. The only time right. we're watching Monaco this weekend, right? Um, and I, I, everyone in Europe is like, all, you know, they're all 2035, no more um, gas powered cars in most of the major city hubs in Europe. Sure. And that's going to be the end of it. And everything is going to be electric and all the things we love about cars are going to come to an end. To, and I hear the same thing. I, th- I think to myself, 2035 seems like a like that's a random time. Mm-hmm. And what makes you think that the politi- – why is it that people are just so willing and companies are so willing to say, well, okay, 2035, that's going to be it. And like people say, well, Tim, what are you talking about? The Green New Deal and people want to have basically, you know, we're going to run out of oil and gas. Well, here's a little uh, flash of, uh, and I bet you none of you guys knew this too, right? You're assuming that the march is to electric cars and nothing's going to stop it, right? Well, how about this? Porsche has made a synthetic fuel that can be pumped into um, normal cars, the car you have now, if it's not a hybrid or, you know, an electric car rather, that burns cleaner, uh, basically burns completely clean. So there is a way to maintain, uh, they're called internal combustion engines uh, versus going to full electric engines that will make it so we don't have to use dinosaur juice anymore. This is a completely synthetic fuel. And there's no battery to dispose of. There's no battery to dispose of. There's no coal plants or, you know, worrying about making solar panel, which is very inefficient, efficient, because they have created a a synthetic fuel that can be delivered through the existing systems, pumped through the existing pumps, stored in the existing tanks and work in existing cars. And this is not some exotic, maybe it'll happen. It exists today. And okay, why isn't anyone talking about that? Because it's not popular. Because it's not popular. And people are now proceeding to believe that that's just the way it's going to be. Well, here's the thing. 2035, with regards to my point, who knows what's going to happen then? Too soon to tell. Right. And yet people just blindly march forward because they think they're... Now, why does everyone think that? Because no one's actually ever stopped to do their homework and research the alternatives. No one, People don't realize that the future, is. there's like a 99.9% chance that everything going forward, it's going to be 99.9% better than it is today. It, right. it's, it's baked in. And yet, the media wants us to believe that the yeah. world's going to come to an end. So, in conclusion, media-free life is good for you. Yes. Other than, now you talked about us not having the TVs on all the time, which is true. I don't even know how to use the remote. You don't. Um, no, and I'm fine with that. So you might ask, well, how is it that our seven-year-old knows how to read so well? She's not watching stuff on TV. She's not this and that. Well, you can still choose what you're listening to, watching, and, you know, hearing, right? So I choose what DVDs she watches. I would rather have her watch The Muppets than do Minecraft or whatever, okay? Because I can control. I know what The Muppets are about and other things, right? I choose and you choose podcasts that we like to listen to that have proven to be uh, accurate and factual, right? So you can still choose. 
just don't, you know, uh, let something choose for you and randomly stuff things into your head. Yep. So it's not that we want you to be a hermit living in a cave and not know what the heck's going on. We try very hard to let you know what's going on in housing so that you won't be surprised by anything. You'll see what the trends are and, you know, take what the market's willing to give you. Um, but just don't be subject to, you know, the 800 channels that you can flip through hours on end, right? It's it's, it's an amazing thing. And if you guys were – look, today's Friday. You've got the weekend coming up. Uh why don't you decide, starting on Sunday, you're going to go media-free for seven days. Mm-hmm. Just completely media-free. Everything, except this podcast, <laughs> uh, gets shut off. That means you can maybe post stuff on Facebook, but you cannot go perusing Facebook. Do not go yeah. perusing Instagram. Do not go you know, doing any of the things that you normally do. Complete, pre- dep- pretend you've just been dropped off with Tom Hanks and his, uh, what was the ball's Wilson. name? Wilson. <laughs> you're, you're Right? You're on that island. And the only thing you've got to do is basically watch the, uh, you know, the palm groves and whatnot. Yep. You don't have, that's it. No connectivity, no connection to the outside world. Do that for seven days. And here's what you'll discover. You are going to go through stages of withdrawal. And it's going to be an actual physical manifestation, just as if you were coming off caffeine or anything, any other addictive substance. You don't realize you're addicted to it, but you are. You're going to feel real noticeable pangs of anxiety because you're going to feel out of touch, out of control. You're going to feel somehow like you're you know, disconnected and all these ego type thoughts and fear based thoughts. And here's why. Because you're so your brain is so addicted to having the constant input of things that cause you to feel fear. And that fear releases a little bit of endorphin in your body. And you're so addicted to it. You are the scroll on your phone. Everything Mm -hmm. is designed to release tiny bits of chemicals in your brain. They're all basically rooted around fear. And if you were to cut yourself off from that, which you all should, you will go through withdrawal at first, but it only lasts. And I'm, I'm not lying to you guys. I've had plenty of people do this in the last two or three days. And it will be noticeable. You'll be you'll be a little bit on edge. So you're going to have to be introspective and remind yourself when you're feeling that way that it's just you going through withdrawal. That's it. Yeah, and you'll, you also have this weird feeling of not knowing what to do with all of your extra time. That's true, right? Yeah. Yep. And See, the- I, I actually crave it. I, I understand and I've seen this a lot of times where people go through that withdrawal. But I... I'm very much looking forward to any an hour that I can catch with a hard copy book. Sure. Right? So I'm reading Steinbeck right now. I think, you know, it's, it's almost an escape, whereas I think before it's all about scrolling and, you know, kind of well, fictitious escape. You know, it is kind of funny. We're just mm-hmm. meandering at this point. But yeah. here, stay with us here, guys. The point is go media free for seven days. Yes. That's going to be your homework. Mm-hmm. But I was listening to, I told you about this. I was listening to a very interesting podcast, and they were talking about the fact that People do not know how to uh, like being bored, right? So whenever oh, yeah, you're when thinking about being bored, right? Yep. So when you're when we were all kids, assuming you're plus or minus <laughs> our age, uh, you were bored a lot, right? And with yeah. the with and that's when you learned how to draw. That's when you learned to play with clay. That's when you learned to do different sports because you were bored and you did not want to be bored. So you figured out how to do other things. Your brain was wired to be curious. Your brain is wired to want to learn, to want to evolve, to want to move forward. But if you have a phone nearby, every time you're bored, if you could just flick on some stupid game or some Instagram feed, you're never going to actually allow your potential to ever manifest because that potential often comes from being bored. 
that what Julia yeah. was just describing, you know, or just going on a long bike ride or a long walk and not having your mobile with you. That moment, those moments of not having self-imposed outside distractions in the form of the media actually allow for some incredible creative energies that will never make their way to you if you're constantly having, if you're constantly basically inputting all of this garbage from everywhere you go. Now, I'm not saying all of it's garbage, obviously, but I'm for, saying for the sake. You're saying be selective. Be selective. And I am saying for the sake of all of you guys. Uh, experiencing what it means to be media free, I am suggesting to you that you are going to find yourself literally having the twitches. You're going to, your finger is going to want to be typing something, right? Your phone should be staying in your pocket or turn off the internet connection, whatever. Make it so you are forcing yourself to go cold turkey on media because here's what's going to happen. If you take this seriously, two or three days of withdrawal, it's real. I'm not kidding you. And then on the other side of it, by this time next week, you watch how you're going to feel. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel happier. You probably sleep better too. You're going to sleep better. You're going to instantly feel more optimistic. You're going to, I mean, over time, right? Three or four days. You're going to feel more optimistic. You're not going to be, you're not going to, that loathsome feeling of worrying about tomorrow and thinking tomorrow is not going to be better than today. It will have dissipated. Still be there because you, you know, wired your brain in such a way from all this media input, but you're going to start being more optimistic. You're going to start wanting to have more interactions with humans in a meaningful way, opposed to talking with someone for about five seconds and thinking you got to check your damn phone. Okay, yeah. that's what's going to happen. You'll be the, more present, I think, is what you're talking yeah. about. When you actually speak to somebody, this is something um, that we mentioned in the book about upgrading everything, upgrading mm -hmm. your conversations, is that when you're speaking with somebody, actually, it's so funny because I kind of make fun of this whole, oh, you have to mirror and match, right? Well, you don't have to mirror and match and feign that you are paying attention if you are actually paying attention to somebody, right? you be more present with them. You don't, you know, have a couple 20-second conversations, then check your phone and have your phone ring annoyingly or have it obviously buzz, right? It's it's so almost Pavlovian, you know? Well, it is, though, but it's the it, you yeah. mentioned Pavlov, right? Yeah. So it's essentially his experiment with the dog, right? Mm -hmm. He taught a dog to basically salivate just by basically ringing a bell. Right. So, he, you know, he would ring the bell, the dog would then, you know, salivate and the dog would get fed. Well, he was able to, after not very many cycles of that, get the dog to salivate just by ringing the bell. And that is exactly what's happened with media. Yeah, you've been trained. You've been trained. You've been manipulated. Mm -hmm. And you, I'm not trying to be political. This no, is not lefty. Not this is not righty. This is basically Julie and I telling, suggesting to you that you need to get a hold. If you're having any sort of feelings of burned out or feeling overwhelmed, start with going media free. That's right. I mean, look at it this way. I've had conversations with coaching clients about this. Your normal day-to-day, -day, assuming that you're selling real estate on some level, doesn't matter. Buyers or sellers, you're just in it, right? You already have to look at your screen several hours a day just to do your deals, right? You have to check your email, you have to scan through contracts, you have to do DocuSign, you have to do all this stuff. So why in your free time away from that do you go right back to the screen? I, I think, I mean, that probably explains a lot of exhaustion, frustration, and feeling of overwhelm. These guys could probably do twice the deals if they were media-free. What we're telling you guys is developing a superpower because here's what you're going to notice. You're going to be media-free for a week. And then you're going to go places and you're not going to have your phone out in front of you. You're going to be sitting at the beach or you're going to be going to some beautiful park. And I want you to start looking around how even though people are surrounded by God's beauty, you're going to be uh, and people are all going to be on their damn phones. 
right? Except you. You'll be like a Zen Buddha sitting there, you know, calm. And you're going to be looking at all these people on their phones. And it's like the Matrix where they're all plugged in making energy for the machine, right? That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're creating energy for the machine. They're all plugged in, even though they're sitting in this beautiful place. You can see, too, you know, people very much in love at the park, at, at wherever they are. And they're going to be on their damn phones. They're not even going to be there with each other. You're going to see people with their kids at the park and the parents are going to be on their damn phones while the kid's going down the slide wanting to play with mom or dad. Why did we allow ourselves to have, when did we decide, was there, a, probably isn't some damn I agree you signed, you just don't remember, right? <laughs> Where you basically decided that yeah. you no longer were going to be president and you're just going to toil your uh, your life away, constantly being addicted to the little thing that, that's going to be the next attention-grabbing, emotion-evoking, fear-inducing uh, you know, hormonal response that comes in the form of media. Well, how many people feel out of control and they don't know why? Right. But they've lost control because something else is in their head. Right, exactly. And so, it, so guys, you have to start with the premise, go extreme, that all forms of media basically is not in your best interest because it's not. It just so isn't. So I'm set out a challenge for this weekend since this is Friday. Yes, ma'am. I challenge our listeners to go media free. Well, I gave them a week challenge. Okay, I already did that. a week. So but we want to hear from you. Right. So they can email us, right? Um, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Email us what your process was. How long did you feel withdraw? And after that started to melt away, what changed? We want to hear about that. Maybe we'll feature you on a podcast. Yeah, we will. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So guys, take this seriously because then I promise you, this is the, probably the most important point of all the points we're going to be sharing with you on this topic, but it is the most important point because none of the other points are going to have any real effect if you're uh, overlaying all of your thoughts and all of everything that's dominant in your mind with fear-based media garbage. So we could tell Julie, you know, we can tell you guys how to show appreciation for other people. That's like point 12 or something, all these other things, but none of it will make a difference if you're constantly filling your head with things that make you angry and fearful. And trust me when I tell you, media is media. It's not news anymore. It's people who have essentially perfected the ability to control people through fear. That is really what it is. That's really what politics are. All of it is just garbage and it is voluntary and you do not need it in your life. So we'll strongly suggest that starting this weekend, you take a week off from media, except for this except podcast. For podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or our book, Harris Rules. You could get that. Exactly. <laughs> you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.